0: Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 128, 128 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast. I am one of your hosts, the numerically challenged Eric Walquist, and with me, as always, is my friend, my confidant, the best man at my wedding, and I'm almost his child's godfather, but not quite.
1: <laughs> the, uh, Jesse Wilson, the second up uh, first. Sorry, well, I'm also. Yeah, it's tough, man. I'm also a little numerically challenged today. It,
0: it is tough. Uh, Jesse, how's, you, how you doing?
1: Um, I'm doing, I'm doing well. You kind of threw me off with that almost Godfather. Well, let's just
0: say, uh, never forget.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, uh, you get the next one, buddy.
0: All right. That's a promise.
1: Yeah. Well, you knew what the deal was. You got the Godfather nod mm-hmm. if it was a boy right. and it was not.
0: Right. So.
1: Don't blame me. Blame my daughter.
0: You forced me no choice. Now I have to start my own mafia family and recruit all of your children uh, (laughs) so that I am their godfather.
1: Yeah, that's... Yeah, I'm okay with
0: that. (laughs) All right. Uh, Jesse, how was your week?
1: Uh, Are we going to talk about it?
0: Uh, I I feel like I can now. I feel like I can. I couldn't... Okay, uh, we'll just get this thing out on the table.
1: Yeah.
0: Um... Les Miserables won the Golden Globe for Best Comedy Slash Musical, and yeah. I was cheering for Silverlighting's Playbook.
1: Mm-hmm. Robbed.
0: Robbed. No, it's the Seahawks. <laughs> I know. Topical Golden Globe were That really cracks everyone up. Uh, but yeah, the Seahawks lost.
1: A heartbreaker.
0: Heart Crusher. Yeah. Heart Smasher. Heart Milker. I went beast mode on my heart. Yes! I, that's what it would feel like. I would much rather have, uh, have Marshawn Lynch just run directly into my chest wear full <laughs> gear than to have that happen. The ups and downs, man. Terrible yeah. in the first half. Terrible in the first half. Then a miracle comeback in the second half. We take the lead. We're gonna win, and then we just lose. You
1: know what I call it? What? The miracle. Yeah. Because it was nearly a miracle. I missed the, the, the entire ne- first quarter. Oh, that's probably a good thing. Yeah, but I was I was in the car. I was driving to my mom's house, uh-huh. I was running late because do- I got stuck behind a boat on the freeway. You do know that they have the games on the radio as well. And yeah, so I was listening to it on the radio.
0: Uh-huh Steve Rabel.
1: Yeah, and I actually uh, find that I really enjoy radio broadcasts. I can't do it with football. See, this is the whole like
0: I, can, I, I prefer listening to baseball games on the radio. But football games, you just don't get the picture. Football is a TV sport.
1: Yeah. I mean, you get kind of the picture. What I like is uh, that they always say the players' names, and they don't do that on TV. That's true. And they always tell you, like, who made the tackle and who's involved in the plays. Hmm. I I think next season I might just listen to the radio and watch it at the same time. Unfortunately,
0: radio does Uh, not have a a delay. But television does, because if a nuke naked guy runs out on the field, the radio station doesn't care, but the television station does.
1: What if the radio station starts graphically describing the man's penis?
0: <laughs> it, they actually do that. It's part of the broadcast.
1: That, that would be interesting. It's a deterrent. We got a real flopper here on the field. <laughs> In a pendulous motion, swing from side to side from the 30 to 25 and is brought down by security at the 18.
0: Oh, <gasps> Steve.
1: Man. From Nashville made the tackle.
0: <laughs> the fat bald guy. The fat bald guy. The fat bald guy with the tackle. The <laughs> wiry uh, meth-, meth out guy
1: with the assist. But here's the thing. So Seattle goes down by seven, right? Yeah. And they're making a drive to come back. Mm. And uh, the radio broadcast is not great. It kind of fades in and out. And uh-huh. just all of a sudden we'll go like. Right.
0: AM radio, baby.
1: Row. And, uh. Right when mar- during the March on run, I get to a stoplight, and <laughs> <laughs> it's just nothing but, like, a loud noise. And then I could vaguely hear just, like, chaos over the radio, and that ended up being the fumble.
0: Oh, yeah. That was rough. Because we just yeah. got the interception. It was just, like, everything was just, like, ugh. And then... Let me just go because I, I I researched this Jesse and I think I actually went through the uh, Kubler Ross five stages of grief with this game. But yeah, I'm sure. So
1: anger denial. No, first
0: first is denial.
1: You're right. And I was
0: like, this is fine, whatever. Anger came pretty quickly. I don't know if I actually <laughs> hit denial. I think I went straight to anger. <laughs> uh, you know, after the game was over, then then it's bargaining, right? Which is like which for me was saying why didn't we take the points in the first half we were yeah. on the 20 yard line and we went for it on fourth down and t- instead of taking the f- the the gimme field goal that and then we lost by two points if we had those three points we would have won bargain uh-huh. then depression very sad questioning my entire belief <laughs> in sports and <laughs> questioning my fandom as a Seattle fan i was like <laughs> just walking around moping saying why do I devote so much time to this? I could be doing so many other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a Seattle sports fan is like being punched in the balls every year over <laughs> and over <laughs> and then i've and now I'm in acceptance mode because yes. I think I realized that yes, this is what I signed up for. I am a Seattle sports fan,
1: right, so my boss he's he was gone for almost three weeks, yeah uh Christmas new year's went to Hawaii. He comes back. The first day he's back, he, and he's like a super sports fan, super Seattle sports fan. Yep. The first day he's back at work in cold uh Port Townsend, Washington, is the day after the game, that Monday. Ugh. Ugh. And he was such a sourpuss all day. Dude, grouch, was, mode. Grouch, mode. grouch mode. He was in super grouch mode. And then it started snowing at work, and like... <laughs> <laughs> We were working outside and, like, both of our hands are freezing Mm -hmm. and just, like, it it was real depressing. But here's what I want to say. What? If you take sports to the part, to, to the, just to the level where if your team loses and you're projecting those feelings on other people and bringing them down, you're taking it too far and you have a legitimate problem. See, that's, I feel like it's
0: all, it's all, I don't know. I don't think anybody's intentionally trying to be mean to other people. If that's the case, then that is the thing. I become a sour puss just because I'm pouting. I yeah, become... I know.
1: And it, you're if you let it affect other people's lives, you're taking oh. it too far. Well, it's like alcoholism. You have a problem when you're starting <laughs> to affect other people's lives and bring them down with you.
0: It is true. It's like my so my my brother-in-law. He is he's a he's just as big a sports fan as me as far as like following the teams but he uh has gone into the zen mode of Seattle losing and because he accepted it early he was mm-hmm. a big fan of the 94 sonics who mm-hmm. had the best uh the best record in the western conference were going in as the number 1 seed and then mm-hmm. lost to the denver nuggets in the first round and ever since then he had his he had his he had his hopes cr- he had his hopes crushed when he was a young child and that happened to him and so mm-hmm. now that jade has fallen over him, and I feel like that is what this game has done for me. Right. Is now I'm officially a jaded Seattle sports fan.
1: Well, that's fine. So just, much hope. Um, just just think of the people around you. If you start actually, like, becoming a butthead over yeah, it.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: It's, I don't know. Or get in a codependent bummer relationship with mm-hmm. another sports fan. See, I didn't even want to talk about it, like, on Monday. <laughs> I was just, like, processing
0: because, like, it's such an emotional roller coaster. And then people are like, well, we got a good team, you know, next year. I'm like,
1: fuck next year! This was our year! We were the team of destiny! Yeah, the problem, what, uh, the problem is that, uh, People were getting so far ahead of themselves. And like on Facebook, everyone's like, Seahawks f- Super Bowl is going to be great. Yeah. Are we, we're going to be playing the 49ers in the divisional games or in the championship game. So hopefully we'll win that one. It's like, yep. we got to beat Atlanta first, guys. And everyone just thought we we're going to waltz over Atlanta. We should have. Should have, could have, didn't. Should have, could have, didn't. It's disc golf season, guys. <laughs> <laughs> get get some beers, get some discs, mm-hmm. go into the woods and throw stuff. Pitchers and catchers report, preseason football. Not pre pre uh, pitchers and catchers report in three weeks. Oh God, see, I'm not going down that road.
0: Jesse, it's a matter of time.
1: I d- no one no. Yep. I could prove it. I would never got into college football. I tried and couldn't do that. If I can't even get nah. into a different type of football, I'm not going to get nah. into an entirely new sport.
0: College football is its own thing. It's a corrupt system. It's basically a slavery-based system where colleges <laughs> make – it is. They're basically slaves. They're just like these kids who are, who are sacrificing their bodies so that their, their schools can make millions and millions and millions of dollars. And then if the kids do anything to make themselves some money off of their talent, off of their God-given talent – then they get sanctioned. It's ridiculous. The college footballs, that's, that's like, you you could say what you want about professional football, but college football is like one of the most corrupt things in America, in my opinion.
1: Well, this has been Sports Chat. This has been Sports Chat.
0: On uh, KBON, the bone. Br- brought to you by the Kia Sorrento. <laughs> Step into a 2014 Kia Sorrento. That's right. They're so new and still <laughs> so old. <laughs>
1: I I talked to the guys at Kia and said that was a weird, confusing uh, motto, but they said they liked it. Yeah. tested well, I guess. tested really, really well. Speaking
0: of testing well, uh, I want to get some listener feedback before we dive into the show. We got some great uh, phone calls, and uh, I want to start off with Josh from Texas because Josh from Texas called us last week. We couldn't understand a single word he said. Told him to call back. He said, okay, and then called back and followed our directions and gave us a very enlightening call. Right. So, uh, Josh from Texas, let's hear what you had to say.
2: Hey, personal arrogance, guys. This is Josh from Texas calling you all from an actual landline, and I am working on my nuctating or whatever you had called it earlier in the podcast. Um, I was just getting back to you guys. I feel like you all live in the moment. And it's like, what happens on the podcast for that time is what happens. Next podcast, I'll move on. you will do recap, but it's not too much. But um, I was speaking about last week, though, real quick, it sounded like you guys were using a lighter two podcasts, two, past, two podcasts back. And it just was really not annoying me, but it was just kind of, I don't know, I was turning my radio up just so I could hear it. It's like, what the heck is that? I mean, are they smoking or something? All I could hear is like a lighter noise. Anyways, I drive from uh, Austin to Houston Monday through Friday, so it's kind of a, a long drive. I've got plenty of time to listen to you guys and crack up what y'all talk about. But uh anyways, checking in with you guys this week and returning the call, because I ain't scared. Keep on making fun of me. I bet people named Josh out there that are listening are like, damn that guy. I literally stepped out of my car and kicked myself in the ass, because... I did sound like a moron. I don't know. That first part, I was like, I can't talk like that anymore. But it's me. That's who I am. So, anyways, guys, the muffling, all that stuff. Call me excuses, McGee. I drive from Houston to Austin. This is the way it goes. I have a car. It makes noises. I have the window down a little bit. That's probably what y'all heard. Inevitably, I ask my wife, she says, yes, I always hear that, Josh, but I I get over it because she just loves talking to me. Hey, what can I say? <laughs> uh, let me see what else I was going to say. I checked out that Boardwalk Empire and tried to catch up with it. I'm only in season two, but I've actually been Googling the guys' names, and there's true history behind this stuff. It's crazy. I mean, that Jimmy Darmody guy, there's a picture of them. If you Google them, you got to go through the pictures. And actually, if you keep going through the pictures, it spoils you. So don't look too far into it. But and uh I guess, guys, I'm gonna keep bothering y'all unless y'all say don't bother y'all. And if you hear some more noise in the background, that is my wife vacuuming. Get off my back!
1: <laughs> Get off my back! Well, <coughs> excuses, McGee. Yes. Uh, It's good to hear from you, for one. And two, uh, we've gotten a little bit of feedback about Mm -hmm. that noise. Yep. It keeps coming up. Yep. I I want to apologize. Uh Uh-huh. I didn't realize it was audible, and it was me just playing with one of those knives that that are, like, (laughs) hingy, and it goes back into the handle, you know? Yep. It swings around, Mm -hmm. and uh, I was playing with that. So sorry.
0: Yes. You totally weren't giving yourself a pedicure.
1: Get off my back. (laughs) I love that.
0: That's how I'm going to end all my calls from now on. Get <laughs> off my back.
1: Only work-related calls. I
0: love it. I love it. There's There's so many things I love about that phone call. First of all, I love that uh, that Josh from Texas can literally kick himself in the ass.
1: <laughs> you can't?
0: No, not front ways. I'm, a, I'm envisioning <laughs> toe first.
1: Wow. Like over the head? I don't know. I want to see it. No, you can kick yourself in the ass with the heel. Oh, okay heel kick. Nah, that's Come not on, a Eric. That's not a kick. That's true. It's a stomp. That's their shit. <laughs> it's a that's an upward stomp. Yes. Uh,
0: and then the second thing is, it's true. Boardwalk Empire, you know, it is historical based and, and if you don't want to research too much because you could, uh, <coughs> you could get some spoilers. And, you know, I made that mistake with, uh, with Lincoln. <laughs> uh, and it completely ruined the movie for me.
1: Yeah. uh, So don't Google
0: Lincoln because that will totally screw up the film for you. I I won't. Yeah.
1: Uh, I also spoiled Boardwalk Empire for me. And uh, (laughs) it turns out he gets killed in a parking lot in an altercation with nihilists.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I am wondering, has anybody gone back and actually put Steve Buscemi's eyes on him? You know, the whole Steve Buscemi's eyes.
1: Thing. Right, oh, on the, the actual on the guy. actual guy. That would be pretty funny.
0: It would be hilarious. You should do that. Uh, so let's try that joke one more time, Jess, so you can laugh. Has okay. anybody put Steve Buscemi's eyes on him? <laughs> yep.
1: Good question, Eric. I know. They should make a Steve Buscemi uh, <laughs> potato head doll, Mister oh, Potato God, Head. That would be awesome. <laughs> Famous
0: celebrity face parts, potato head. Yeah, See Buscemi's eyes,
1: Angelina Jolie's lips. Uh huh. That uh oh, that guy from the razor commercial, his nose. Which guy? Uh, Adrian Brody.
0: Oh, Adrian Brody's nose. Yes, I was thinking Michael Jackson's nose, but they could be interchangeable. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's Will, the whole fun of it. Will Smith's ears, mm-hmm. and Barack Obama's ears. Yeah. Uh, so we also got uh, one more phone call, and this is our connected Dotsy for the week because Roger Dotsy decided to ring us up. Yeah. And, uh, and complain to us a little bit.
1: So here's Roger Dotsy. You all Dots- thought we made him up.
0: Well, you thought we did. Uh, here's Roger Dotsy complaining.
3: Hey guys, it's Roger Dotsy. I was just calling to follow up on your best of 2012. I know I suggested doing this segment. I will say, I have, I take issue with a few of the categories and what you decided. First of all, the color, gray wolf, I'll buy it but not because it's part of the Seattle Seahawks colors. I'm sorry. I realize you all live in Seattle, but the world does extend past that city. And uh, <laughs> you ask someone in Jacksonville, Florida, are they going to say wolf gray is the color of the year because of the Seahawks? I don't think so. I'll give old. it to you because there's gray wolves are part of, Dire Wolves of House Stark in Game of Thrones. Moving on. Animal. Give me a break. Baby Octopus. Why? Why would they be the Animal of the Year in 2012? You just tried it in 2013. <laughs> I, because it's your podcast, we know a cephalopod has to win, mm-hmm. so I'll give it to the giant squid. Good call. Finally, Ginger right. of the Year. Might I humbly suggest this one, at least your answer was okay. But I might, I'm going to suggest Damian Lewis, uh, who portrays Nicholas Brody on Homeland. Uh, does a great job getting a lot of awards, doing great work. Uh, just throwing that out there. Anyway, you guys rock.
0: Keep it up. And peace out. Peace out, Roger.
1: Get off my back.
0: Get off my back. Uh, one thing about that is that uh, I actually did some research on it. In Jacksonville, Florida, there are actually more Seahawks fans than Jaguar fans. What? Bump bump dum
1: How do you do that research?
0: It was that's a joke because Jaguars don't have any fans.
1: Uh, oh good one, Eric. That's a joke. Again, you're just too funny for me. I,
0: I know, what can I say? I'm I'm the heady guy. I'm like Shell Silverstein up here.
1: Mm hmm. <laughs> Roger, uh, You know he wrote a lot of like classic rock songs. Hmm. Yeah. I think he might have been a little, a little fan of the green. <laughs> what? <laughs> green Day? Yes. Because I don't think they were around. Yeah, he
0: actually wrote uh, Dookie. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's his masterpiece. Yeah, it's
0: his masterpiece. <laughs>
1: uh, all right.
0: Well, uh, we got uh, we got some other stuff uh, on our Facebook page. We'll touch on that at the end of the show. I think we got to get this thing rolling, man. Yeah, we but do. But we do want to thank everybody for calling in this week. We love it when you call in. Nothing puts a big bigger smile on my face than grinning and laughing to myself sitting on the bus listening to one of your phone calls. So please give us a call at 360-362-0024. That's 360-362-0024, just like Ken Griffey Jr.'s number. Jesse, you got your 20-sided die? Yes, sir. All right. We're Wait, was con-
1: Griffey 24?
0: Yeah, baby. That's why And Marshawn Lynch? Oh, and Marshawn Lynch.
1: And the day of my birth in August?
0: Excellently done. Nice, and Jeff Gordon—that's the <laughs> real reason.
1: Is he the Gordon Fisherman?
0: Uh, on, in the off season, I rolled uh, a seventeen, Eric. All right, I rolled a fifteen. You edged me out. So, what's your first topic?
1: Okay, uh, Eric, I'm going to. Uh, well, okay, let me paint a picture here. I'm on Steam, right? Jesse, you know, this is
0: this is a podcast. If you paint a picture, nobody's going to be able to understand it.
1: Ah, <sighs> this is the Bob Ross cast. Okay. So, um, imagine you're on a happy little Steam. Okay. Little Steam and over cloud. here, there's a, there's a cute little, uh, Steam sale. As you know, uh, they advertise games on this distribution service, Steam, uh, video games. Right. That you might be interested in. Yes. And, uh, the deal is for Aliens Colonial Marines, which is coming out soon. Mm-hmm. And this game, we've talked about before. I saw it at PAX uh, twice, and it looks really cool. I'm really excited for it. It is the official uh, sequel to the movie Aliens. Right. James Cairns.
0: It's it's the sequel to Alien, right?
1: Oh, no, Uh, Colonial Marines is the sequel to Aliens. I'm sorry. Yeah, the video game is the official uh, production studio sequel to the movie Aliens. Right, okay. So, uh, they have a pre-order bonus. If you order now, you get a special weapon that you can only get by, um, by pre-ordering it through Steam. Mm-hmm. And it is a gun with a chainsaw attachment, which is kind of hacky. Okay. Pardon the pun. This yes. has been done in, like, sci-fi. Warhammer 40K has been doing, like, chainsaw guns forever.
0: Right. Gears and it's called
1: the Sharp Stick. And it's an acronym, S-H-A-R-P, STICK. Yep. That's the name of the gun. So, Uh Eric, I'm going to need you to play a little clip.
0: Okay, and do we have the clip? Oh, we have the clip. Here we go. Check it out. Hey, Ripley, don't worry.
3: Me and my squad of ultimate badasses will protect you. (laughs) Check it out. Independently targeting particle beam phalanx. City with this puppy, we got tactical smart missiles, base plasma pulse rifles, RPGs. We got sonic electronic ball breakers. We got nukes. We got knives, sharp sticks. Knock it off, Hudson. All right, gear up. Two minutes,
0: people. Get hot.
1: I heard it. So uh, that's possibly my favorite movie quote of all time. Right, and we got sharp sticks. We got sharp sticks, Mm -hmm. and um, in. When I was 17 years old, I got my first cell phone, mm-hmm. and my uh, voicemail message was me quoting that entire sequence of lines. <laughs> that's I how re- important it is to I me. think I remember that. Yeah. Uh, you're probably very annoyed by it if you called me twice and got my voicemail, because <laughs> well, it's kind of long.
0: That's just, your, that's just your buffer. If you want to leave a message, you really got to want to leave a message.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, but here's my problem with that. That whole... Speech that whole brilliantly written thing. It, it tells you a lot about Hudson, the character who's right. uh, expressing this Right. about how he's cocky. He's going to protect Ripley. Uh, he's going to. They're going to fight down to the last man standing. They're going to use every weapon from nukes down through their shotguns, whatever, flamethrowers down to even if they have to sharpen a stick and stab an alien in the face with it, they're going right. to do that for you. Right, That's and how this is much.
0: This is his, uh, this is, shows you also he's like a career soldier. This is what he loves. This is his passion. And Bill Paxton is just, this is like my favorite role Bill Paxton's ever done.
1: Yeah. I mean, he was good in predator too, but moving on. Uh huh. But it also shows you the humor of this character. I right. mean, that's a funny line. Sharp sticks. Right. But now, in the official release of the sequel Ooh. to this movie, they have created an item which changes the meaning of that amazing speech, because now he's not actually talking about fighting with sharpened sticks. It's Mm. like, and now we will fight with this other weapon, which is coincidentally called a sharp stick. Yeah,
0: that's true. Changing the cannon,
1: man. They've changed it. And, I mean, at what point is it a difference between an homage Uh and uh, a retconning, retroactive continuity? Right. And I think they've totally flubbed it with this one. They have. I
0: I I agree with you. I think that, it but it all depends on what you think is canon. Because it, there's what is there? There's four 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 real Alien movies. Now there's the prequel. There's Prometheus, which is his prequel. You right. got two Alien versus Predator movies. So this is a mythos that's pretty much been bastardized since uh, since its yeah
1: inception. yeah in a way. Yeah. But I don't know. Like yeah when when i went and i saw um like stood in line for over an hour to see the preview of the video game aliens colonial marines that yep. they were showing this yep. they ma- they went out of their way like to reiterate that this is the official sequel this is real canon this uh-huh. is super duper official sequel to aliens uh-huh and um it, i don't know i just feel like Since they're taking on that responsibility, it was their responsibility not to screw up something from the original movie. Like, if this had been just a cheap knockoff game that was licensed out like, some, I don't know, where they don't really care about copyrights or anything. Right. Then I would be fine with it because it's a funny homage. And it is funny. It's the sharp stick. Get it? Sharp sticks from earlier. Now this is a thing. It's a sharp stick. It's got a chainsaw on the end of a gun. (laughs) Yeah. They've destroyed the sanctity of their own property by doing this.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that this is something we're going to have to get used to as well, as, as video games are going to be extending the canon. I mean, this has kind of already happened. I, you know, there was the, uh, as far back as, like, when uh, The Matrix Reloaded came out, and then they had a video game that was like an alternate story that went along with the story that was in the movie, and right. Uh, also, Watchmen. Uh, when when the Watchmen movie was released, X Men's Watchmen movie, they released a downloadable game, which I bought, which was very repetitive, but still fun because you get to play as Rorschach, uh, <laughs> but you didn't get to shoot any guns. And anyway, it was still fun. But yeah, I think this is something we're going to we're gonna have to get used to: is that video games are now going to become a pretty big part of the canon.
1: Right, and with that, I mean, comes a responsibility. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm blowing this entirely out of proportion. Well,
0: it is a downloadable extra on a Steam sale.
1: Right, but but it's just this is my favorite thing ever—the speech. Do you think that and, maybe this is not
0: uh, this is not a, a retconning, but this is just an homage to that speech? and maybe I, this doesn't I, fit into the canon because it is such a goofy a- add-on.
1: See, I would be in the stage of denial. Right. If I was to believe that because mm. it's not be- what what they have done now is when I watched the original movie like I did probably like 3 weeks ago, mm-hmm. 2 weeks ago, um when I listened to that speech, now it's like totally thrown off because this Marine would obviously know about this weapon that apparently he's stocked with. And yeah. it, and this is part of the official storyline, so it stops being an homage right. and it just becomes like, ah, you screwed it up and you've kinda tainted this whole thing for me. Well, that's a bummer, bro. Yeah, it tastes like tastes like copper, bitter copper in my mouth.
0: Yeah, you you're like a kindergarten, you just ate a bag of quarters.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Don't worry, well, those don't Well, We probably
1: digest. shouldn't get derailed, but I just want to say currency is disgusting.
0: <laughs> yep. Uh anyway. Well Jesse, I'm sorry. It's it's yeah. a bummer, man. It's a bummer. Like and this is something that we've all been through, you know, the Star Wars prequels, you know, put us through this
1: uh <laughs> This is my Star Wars prequel. This is your Star Wars
0: prequel. It's <laughs> it's the video game uh sequel to Alien James Cameron's Aliens, which was released in like nineteen eighty one. Yeah. And, uh, and what are you going to do, man?
1: I don't know. I just think you need to be more responsible with your property. Yeah,
0: I think, you know, if you are getting that kind of, you know, it's the fanboyism, man. It's, it goes both ways. There's a fanboyism that, like, I like this, but now everybody else likes this, so now I don't like it anymore. And then there's the fanboyism of, like, I am very protective of this because I love it so much. Right. So it's the, it's the, it's the, the heavy weight that we bear as fanboys of our favorite property.
1: <laughs> Maybe I just need to, uh, come to acceptance. I guess so. That's the moral of the podcast. Like well, you have to bargain
0: first. Why don't you give him a call and, uh, just write him an email.
1: Do hey, some bargaining. Uh, intern, uh, what's the new intern's name? Leo? Yeah. Leo. Can you get James Cameron on the, on the blower? Thanks.
0: <laughs> Do some bargaining, then get depressed about it and then you'll be accepted. Right. There you go. Uh, all right. Well, my my first topic this week is going to be about that very thing that we had just uh, referred to. And that's that Star Wars, baby. Oh, yeah? And that Star Wars canon. There's been
1: some uh, Star Wars hubbub. Big hubbub. So, uh... That's my name in Hawaii, by the way. Oh, that makes Big sense. Big hubbub.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so... Zack Snyder, uh, who is just wrapping up the new Superman movie, Man of Steel, which will be released this summer. Uh, It's been announced that he is developing a Star Wars movie. So basically, you know, Disney bought Star Wars from Lucasfilm uh, back in, I don't know, fall time. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) back in fall time. And, and. Basically, Disney was like, well, we're going to start making movies in 2015 and release a movie every two years until everybody's so tired of Star Wars that they're going to rip their hair out. Uh Uh-huh. So, everybody assumed that, well, Star Wars Episode Seven is going to be released in 2015, which it is. And everybody assumed in 2017 that you were going to get Star Wars Episode Eight, But that may not be the case because there's been a bunch of news coming out, so Zack Snyder... Who's the director of Superman. He directed with The Watchmen. He directed uh, he directed the original Dawn of the Dead remake. <laughs> the original remake. And uh, <laughs> he also directed probably his best movie, 300. Um, he is apparently developing a Star Wars uh, movie based on the Seven Samurai. Where you follow seven Jedi warriors going on a mission. Um, and it'll take place sometime in the time frame. After episode three, mm-hmm. so between three and four, um, I'm all for this.
1: I like that. Yeah, I mean, you can't really screw it up more than Star Raven screwed exactly, up. Exactly, exactly. And like, what was wrong with the first Star Wars
0: movies? Uh, or with the prequels? They were directed by George Lucas, right? So just
1: let somebody else do it. It's like they took a they took a solved Rubik's cube and then mm-hmm. mixed it all up. With the prequels, right, and then put it down, right, and it doesn't really matter if someone picks it back up again and starts playing with it because it can't get any worse. Yeah, and and I feel like this unless I tr- start calling lightsabers sharp sticks, <laughs> exactly.
0: that would be worse. Then, then it really throws off the aliens' canon.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> they have to remake aliens with they all have lightsabers. <laughs> You know, a that lightsaber cool. would be a good weapon versus an alien because it instantly cauterizes the wound, therefore negating the acid blood. Yes. Take that.
0: Uh, well, there you go. That's actually not a, that's not a bad thing.
1: So well, why does yeah. not the acid eat through their
0: skin and their blood vessels?
1: I don't know, because that would be stupid. If that happened, you wouldn't <laughs> have any movie.
0: Okay, good call. <laughs> Also, for some reason, it never penetrates the whole of the ship. Whatever, I'm not, I'm not going there.
1: Um, so it's a pretty big ship. It only goes through like three. It can only. It seems like it can only go through about like, I don't know, sixteen inches of steel. Yeah, it's it's corrosive, but it, it won't like it doesn't go in perpetuity.
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> so. And this, and this is what exactly we're talking about. Is this Rubik's cube? They solved it, and then they destroyed it because a lot of people, uh, a lot of people assume that George Lucas directed the original Star Wars trilogy, and he directed Star Wars: a New Hope. Right, but the second one was a different director, and the third one was a different director from that. So was, is that true? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, so Empire Strikes Back was directed by Irvin Kershner, and Return of the Jedi was directed by Richard Marquand. Is Irvin Kershner still around? Richard Marquand is not. He died in 1987. Uh Um, Irvin Kirschner still. uh, He died in
1: 2010. Damn it! So close.
0: So close. Uh, But so this is great, and I think what this also does is, you know, people who love Star Wars, like, are we gonna are we gonna get our Boba Fett movie? (laughs) Uh, It's also there's also been talk that they're going to be developing a live action Star Wars series for ABC. Because that's been in the, the works for a very long time. Everybody assumed it would be on Fox because Star Wars has this, you know, uh, yeah. relationship with 20th Century Fox. But now that it's owned by Disney, now they can really move forward on this Star Wars TV series. So uh, why don't you slap? J. They J. already did on that? A,
1: a Star Wars series on Fox. It was called Firefly. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's
0: it's. Uh, so I'm excited about it, I, and I just wanted to talk to you, Jesse. Are there any characters that you would like to? See, uh have their own movies, or
1: are there any... Wedge Antilles, definitely. Who? Captain Wedge Antilles. Oh, yeah. He's, he, he's basically like the leader of Rogue Squadron. They should just do a Rogue Squadron yes, HBO should. series.
0: Yes, they should. That would be dope. Dude, Rogue Squadron would be awesome.
1: And we all know that uh Star Wars is a ripoff of... Akira Kurosawa, mm-hmm. and you're saying this other movie is yeah. going to be an allusion to another Kurosawa, which yep. is Seven Samurai. Mm-hmm. So uh, just rip off some old film footage of Japanese zeros over uh, Guadalcanal and call it a movie.
0: There you go. That's what you do. You just because that's what George Lucas did. Is he took uh, original? He took like old. I don't. I don't know what these films are, but you you can find them, and they show this in the special editions is they took, like, these old dogfighting movies from, like, the 30s and 40s, and they just did a cut-for-cut remake of those for the scenes in the X-Wings.
1: Is that true? I didn't know that.
0: So, like, the way that the cockpits are set up, and they run these movies side-by-side with Star Wars cockpit fighting scenes, like the uh, Death Star at the end of A New Hope, and they're exactly like shot-for-shot remakes of of these scenes. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Oh, there you go. There you go. Homage. Um... Yeah, with Antilles and Road Squadron. We need yeah. more, like, fighters. Like, the fighter jocks yeah. are kind of interesting characters.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh Biggs, Darklighter, I think was his name, which was, uh, uh... It'd be interesting to build up Biggs a little bit more. That's, like, Luke's best friend from Tatooine, and he oh, dies yeah. on the Death Star run. Yep. For some reason, when I was a kid, he was my favorite character. Yeah, <laughs> like, one
0: line.
1: Yeah, well, he comes in, and he's like, Hey, Luke! Yeah, oh, pigs. It's been forever. It's like I'll see yeah. you when we're done.
0: And then pfft, I laughed. Shunned
1: to him for some reason.
0: I guess it's supposed to be the moment when Luke becomes a man.
1: Mm,
0: yeah, that's when the that's when the war gets real.
1: Too bad it never really happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, still Mark Hamill. We're waiting. Uh, I was thinking, you know, uh, maybe a Cantina Band sitcom.
1: <laughs> that was, was
0: struggling. Garage band. Yeah, or like it's like shot like a, a documentary, like a like a rock documentary as they <laughs> as they go on their tattooing tour. Behind the music, yeah. <laughs> yeah I wonder what planet they're from. That's a good question, because that is a weird planet. <laughs> that is a super weird planet. Number one industry instrument oh. weird instrument making.
1: They're from New Orleans. Yeah. Turns out.
0: They're from New Orleania. <laughs> Uh yeah. Any, any others? I mean, I think that I think that the big one sounds really cool. I I think Wedge Antilles doing a Rogue Squadron TV show sounds awesome. Plus, yeah. I feel like that's the type of thing that would be easy to film on a smaller budget, because all you have to do is build the cockpits and throw a green screen behind them, mm-hmm. and then everything else is CGI.
1: Yeah, or Legos. I mean, the Star yeah. Wars Legos look pretty legit. They
0: do look legit.
1: You can just fly those around. <laughs>
0: Well, in other Star Wars news, um, the White House uh, had to uh, have a response because there were uh, 20,000 signatures on a petition for the U.S. government to build a Death Star. Right. And uh, this is momentous for a couple occasions. First of all, the White House had to have a formal statement on the Death Star. And second of all, they have now upped the limit uh, of petitions before a White House uh, response to 100,000. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's
0: pretty hilarious.
1: Yeah, um, that's good. I like that.
0: A couple of high points from this Death Star response. They say the construction of the Death Star has been estimated to cost more than $850 quadrillion.
1: Yeah, that's a big number. That
0: is a big number. Um, the administration does not support blowing up planets.
1: Yeah, yet.
0: Yet. Just think of it as a giant drone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, why would we spend countless taxpayer dollars on a Death Star with a fundamental flaw that can be exploited by a one-man starship? And that is, that's actually a good idea.
1: Yeah. Well, it could just work, if they would just work two 90 90-degree angles into the exhaust mm-hmm. port, yeah. I think you'd be fine.
0: Everyone's always
1: saying, like, put grading over it, but just give it two right angles. Yeah. grading can get blown up, and then you launch another one right down there.
0: Yeah. I I was – so I was reading a – speaking of retconning, I was reading this um, fan theory, and I think you've read it too because I think you've referred to it, about how the original trilogy basically explains how R2-D2 and Chewbacca are – huge spies for the Rebellion?
1: I, I, that wasn't me. I haven't heard this. Well, basically,
0: um, there's, a, there's a bunch of things. So the fan theory assumes that C-3PO's memory gets wiped um, after the events of episodes 1, 2, and 3, but R2-D2's uh, memory does not get wiped. Right. And that he's had the Death Star plans on him all along, um, and that Leia was just putting in that hologram of her. Um, And that Chewbacca, he knows Yoda. He fought in the Clone Wars for the Kashyyyk. um, And that he... And if you look in Episode 3, the Millennium Falcon actually flies in to one of the Senate meetings. So the assumption is is that the Millennium Falcon was always Chewbacca's ship. And after uh, the events of Episode 3, he decides to uh, go undercover as a spy for the Rebellion. And starts off with Lando as his cover, but Lando wants to settle down, so he arranges for Lando to lose the, uh, Millennium Falcon mm. in a card game to Han Solo. Han Solo is none the wiser this whole time, but there's little things like when, um, R2D2 and Chewbacca are playing chess on the ship first thing. Uh, and it's something that, it's something that's assumed that they've done millions of times before, not millions, but a bunch of times before. So this time they're just putting on a show for people because they're both spies. And trying to keep their covers,
1: mm, right? Let the Wookiee win. Yeah, Wink. <laughs> it's a it's uh, it's actually a pretty great theory,
0: and it makes me like Chewbacca so much more. Not that yeah, I didn't love cool him before. Character. Yeah, he's a great character. But if you think about him as like he was, he did fight in the wars. He knows who Yoda is. He knows what the rebellion is. Uh, <laughs> and now he's just subdued on a ship. Yeah, <laughs> like that doesn't make much sense. He has to be a spy. <clears throat> uh. But uh, but uh, along with that, it, it kind of talks about how Luke, uh, when he has that speech um, when they're prepping to go blow up the Death Star, and he's like, "I used to blow up uh, who were the rats,
1: Womp rats." Yeah, Womp
0: rats. Uh, they're not much bigger than two meters, and he like shrugs it off, as like, "It's no big deal." That everybody else in the room was like, "Holy shit, this kid's a great pilot because uh, he, it's like second nature to him because he has because he's force attuned." But everybody else that would be like impossible for them to do. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Star Wars.
1: Yeah, I I like that one. Yeah, it's kind of a blowhard move, though.
0: It is, but like he didn't know. It's just like second nature to him, and he's he. The only people he knows are his aunt and uncle, and like
1: he's an <laughs> old like, school kid who yeah. doesn't know. Yeah, exactly. Bragging is.
0: Exactly. He's just like uh, he's like, yeah, I can make a half court shot. Can't everybody make a half court shot? <laughs> and
1: everyone else is like, oh uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I... <laughs> I never used to miss them mm-hmm. in my T-14. <laughs> Damn it, I always miss them. <laughs> I love that he was just rolling around in that thing, like blowing up <laughs> raccoons, <laughs> essentially.
0: Oh. oh, man. Well, if you have any ideas, listener, if you have any ideas for our uh, for the new Star Wars canon, please go ahead and send those over to at gmail.com We want your info. No, we don't want your info. We just want your input. Uh and uh you, you could also call us 360-362-0024. Uh we want to hear your voice on this podcast, so make it happen. Jesse, are you ready for for some trivia?
1: You know it, S.A. All right.
0: Um I'm gonna roll a six-sided die. I rolled a one, which means it's geography, baby. We are rolling off Genus One of Trivial Pursuit, but I gotta give a shout out to easy listener John O'Brien from New England. He's actually sending us He's such a great listener. He's sending us new trivia questions, so those are apparently in the mail. So <laughs> that's awesome.
1: He got so sick of it. He got really sick
0: of it. <laughs> uh, so uh, so we are we are doing genus one True pursuit 1981, but maybe we'll have some new trivia soon. Um, yeah. Until well, then, Eric, Jesse,
1: geography is timeless.
0: Geography is time. <laughs> yeah,
1: except for polit- political geography. Yeah,
0: geography never changes. <laughs> Uh, Jesse, this question's for you. Listener, please play along at home. What mountain range extends from the Gulf of St. Lawrence to Alabama?
1: Um, uh, this question's for me? Mm-hmm. Would that be the Appalachian?
0: I believe that it is. I'll go with the Catskills. It's the Appalachians. You got it. Appalachians?
1: I think it's latch, like you're closing a latch.
0: I thought it was Appalachian, like you're walking a dog with a latch. <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, this one's for me. What country? Like <laughs> what country can claim Magallanes, the world's southernmost city? And God, which one is it? I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Chile. Oh
1: fuck, Argentina! Damn it!
0: I think it's Argentina. Oh, it's Chile. I got it. Nice. All right. Tied up. Jesse, this one's for you. Please play along at home. What U.S. state has the longest coastline?
1: That would be Alaska.
0: Yeah, you got it. I'm going to go with California. It's Alaska. All right, I need this one to tie. We're doing well this week, J-Dog. Yeah. Where is the University of Nebraska? Oh, God. College football. Don't don't fail me now. Nebraska, it's in... uh, 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 God, I'm going to say college
1: station. I'm going to say Nebraska.
0: Lincoln. Oh God. The spoiler. Oh, Lincoln, Nebraska.
1: should have Googled it. Should have (laughs) Googled.
0: Well, Jesse, you win this week. You win everything this week. Uh, And because you won, uh, we're going to do a new segment on this week's show. Uh Uh-oh. This was inspired by uh, listener Tony Blaise Serrano II. He posted on our Facebook page, says, You guys should sing again. I was impressed with Jesse's rendition of the song from the Windows 8 commercial in the last cast. Always entertaining. So, Jesse, this is Loser Karaoke. You get to pick the song, and I'm going to sing it.
1: Oh, Loser Karaoke. Yep. Wow, this is harsh. Okay. Um Uh let's see, a song that I want you to sing. For some reason I'm thinking Seven Nation Army. A seven nation army's gonna hold me back. I'm gonna
0: break the straw. I again a candle to dinner about my back. And I beat it be then I'll up around, hell. round wow. Is that good that, enough? That's good. Okay, <laughs> you're good. Okay, good. <laughs> you don't know the words. It's loser karaoke. You just gotta try You just gotta do your thing. Nice. Yep.
1: Okay, so on to greener pastures here. Okay. Possibly in the future. Uh huh. Um, we got we got NASA news, buddy. We got space news. NASA news. We got two pieces of NASA news.
0: Jesse, can I... uh, So I actually made a little sound bite, and uh, this might be something we'll be starting to insert into the shows, but I I have have one for science. Can I play that one? Yeah, Stinger. All right, here's our science intro.
2: If today we're able to create a two-headed dog with six legs... Is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes.
1: Right, All right, we're ready for yes. science. Good stuff. All right, so I'm. I'm. I hope. Hopefully, that got you in in the mood. Mm-hmm. Uh. So NASA's going back into space. G- good. Yeah, <laughs> that is their I, job. And um, they've. <laughs> They've um I guess come to an agreement on a module supply. Uh-huh. Which is basically the middle part of a space shuttle. Okay. That provides like power and stuff. Uh huh. And uh so they're uh they're going they're they're planning on sending this uh into space, launching this in twenty seventeen.
0: Okay. Same the year unmanned- as the next Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. Coincidence.
1: Coincidence.
0: Hmm. Mm.
1: Um. I. You know. I actually don't know because it's been proven <laughs> that sci-fi stimulates yes. scientific research. It's true. Anyway, so they're doing a lunar drive by, essentially unmanned. Okay. But here's the real news. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know about this, but this is to get ready for a 2017 launch. Oh, I'm sorry. The first launch will be 2014. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, so that's, that's rapidly approaching. Coming up. Uh, That's the first launch test anyway. Okay. Uh, This is all to gear up for a 2017 launch uh-huh. that will be manned with uh four astronauts. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm getting my dates all <laughs> wrong. 2021.
0: We are numerically challenged. We established yeah, that this is- very early on in the show.
1: Uh, the moral of the podcast is numbers suck and <laughs> acceptance. I've accepted the fact that numbers are hard, right? Because I'm dumb. Maths are maths are hard. Maths are mathematics are hard. So, uh, 2021. Okay, they're gonna send four astronauts on a uh a loop around the moon. Hmm, which is the first time I've heard anything of the nature since the whole no more manned. Space right. flight
0: since way back in the '70s when we were uh, mere middle-aged men. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Is there any uh, mission here? Are they going to make like? Are they trying to make a loon um, a loon base? That's that's a short for a lunar base.
1: I like it, a loon yeah. base. Yeah. It's also uh, an insane asylum on the moon. Exactly, <laughs> uh, <laughs> with prison crowding the way it is. Uh huh. I'm not saying I'll crazy people should be in prison or on the moon anyway move on uh, sorry uh there it's just gonna be like a a a lunar loop so it's like a it's like a roller coaster (laughs) yeah it's one of one of six flags best roller coasters so (laughs) they're just gonna fly by the moon check it out make sure it's still there make sure there's no megatron on the dark side of it right well that's good news and come back but i mean it's kind of neat
0: yeah, I think it's cool that they're going back. I mean, hopefully, I would I would feel like, like, that's the thing, like, our generation, anybody who was born after whenever, it was 1974 or 1978 or whatever the last moon right. mission was, has never seen a man on the moon.
1: Yeah, and, it would actually be pretty cool.
0: Well, that's the thing, like, with today's technology, you could tweet from the moon. Like, Yeah, you the could, first
1: tweet from the moon.
0: Yeah, you could YouTube from the moon, baby. It'd be like a live stream on the moon. <laughs> Like, people would be able to tune into the actual lunar module landing on the moon and the guy's walking out. I yeah. guess they did that back in the day.
1: That would be cool. But they'd have to be on a delay in case one of them decides to go straight Exactly. In. So what would you do if you could do a first thing on the moon?
0: Oh, God. Well, it's tough. I mean, first got to know what you're going to say.
1: Right. And then you have to try and not screw it up like Neil Armstrong Yeah, Neil did.
0: Armstrong, way to go, buddy.
1: <laughs> Talk about one of all time greatest <laughs> screw-ups in history. I think
0: one of all-time greatest saves.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he rolled with it, but yep. uh if you listen to it, you can... You, that pause?
0: Yeah, he's like, oh shit. There's a slight
1: pause where you can tell he's like, <laughs> 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 just that moment. Uh, this is one small step for man. Fuck, I meant a man. I meant a... <laughs> one giant leap for mankind? Damn it, that didn't make sense.
0: <laughs> I'm going to see if I can find it. All right. Uh, oh, here it is. That's one small step for man.
2: One giant leap for mankind.
1: <laughs> it is. A that, man. pause, that pause is so bad. There's a huge... You can drive yeah. a semi through He's that. He's like, oh, shit. Ah, uh, I'm a,
0: the I'm a I'm a navy man. I'm not an actor.
1: <laughs> they should have said a poet. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's so the thing that Is happened. now they'll send like George. The first screw up on the moon. Now
0: the, now they'll send like George Clooney to do it. <laughs> George Clooney astronaut. Oh, it'll
1: be James Cameron.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, they'll go up there. And James Cameron will be there already.
1: He'll be like, <laughs> Just yo, dude, look
0: squid took the SpaceX. uh... Dragon bomber up here. And now I'm uh, on the moon before you.
1: Yeah, I also like killed like eight dragons. I dropped bombs on them. So
0: yeah, you guys don't realize, but Dark Side Moon is vested with dragons. Total
1: dragon swarm. I
0: think we know where dinosaurs came from, people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, back to the question: If you had one thing you could do, the first right. of on the moon,
0: well, you have to be the first. It has to be the first thing you do. So they've already golfed. Right, they've already driven a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, the buggy, right? They've taken a step, right? Uh, they've done the jumping. So it has <laughs> to be the first thing. It's got to be like a signature thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: I think it'd be fun to do something that you could put Yakety Sax music to. <laughs> like a, like ride a like I bet you could ride a unicycle on the moon because of zero gravity. It's probably mm-hmm. way easier to ride a unicycle on the moon.
1: I like that one a lot. Yeah. I would want to
0: throw the first disc golf disc. Oh, that, oh, yeah, bring a frisbee. It forever. Yeah, and then it like goes into Earth's orbit and burns up and then hits somebody in the head.
1: (laughs) No, it goes into Earth's orbit, Mm -hmm. but it's made out of uh, high strength ceramic Mm -hmm. and then it crashes and it totally is a hole in one in the neck. (laughs) That's what I would want to do. Excellent. Do you think. What percentage of the people who listen to this podcast know what disc golf are?
0: I don't know. It's it – disc golf is – it's a little known thing. It's been around since the 80s.
1: I feel like it's also something you could go your whole life without knowing it.
0: Well, or without ever playing it. It's kind of a Northwest thing. It's the only thing that gets us outdoors.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I got to move on to my second piece of uh, news here because the Mars Curiosity rover – Mm-hmm. is going to be testing out its drill for the first time. Cool. And uh, basically, it's gone to a part of Mars where they're pretty sure there used to be water. And if you look at it, it looks like a dried up riverbed. Okay. And they're calling it a, um, the quote here is, These rocks were saturated with water, said Grotzinger, who oh. called the area <laughs> a jackpot unit. Which I don't know is, what that means.
0: His name is Grotzinger? Grotzinger?
1: It's Zinger. Is Grotzinger.
0: Is Z I N G E R. Oh, so his first name isn't Grot.
1: <laughs> I was like, now that's
0: a Star Wars name.
1: <laughs> I am Grotzinger.
0: <laughs> well, if they so and they, I, I saw that also. Uh, the Curiosity rover used its little brush, brushed away the, the dusty surface, and fa- turns out Mars isn't red at all. It's just dusty. <laughs> it's a it's a regular rocky planet with a bunch of dust on it.
1: It's like Alice Springs, Australia after a windstorm.
0: That's exactly where I was going.
1: Yeah, I know it. But this is a total setup for the beginning of a sci-fi movie. We got this little robot yeah. out there. It's dusting stuff off. and It's going to use this drill for the first time. It drills through. The land underneath it crumbles right. as it collapses into the under. Cavern, the scientists back at uh, NASA are mm-hmm. watching the camera right before because static, Eric, what does it see? Dragons. Dragons! James Cameron was right! <laughs> <laughs> Mars, planet of dragons. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, That's actually basically the plot of Ring of Fire. <laughs> <laughs> Get Matthew McConaughey on the blower. Leo!
0: Yeah! That's
1: that's not. <laughs> get Matt get Matt McCon is like yeah call Matt McCon loves pecans.
0: That's also the uh, Matthew McConaughey convention.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Matt McCann. The one thing I love about three-day passes, I keep getting older, but I can still get into Matt McCon. All three days. Uh, all three days.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for men with short arms and no shirts. Uh is there Does he have short arms? Yeah, he's got short He's got dinosaur arms. Oh. He's got, like T Rex hands. He can't even clap. So he's in on it. The yeah, dragon. He is. he is on it. He is in it. He got to him. Uh, so that's NASA news. Any any other NASA news? Uh that's it. Alright. Well let's move on. Second topic this week. Uh, Jesse, I'm gonna let you pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, this always turns out right. Do you want to
1: talk about? My butt. No, my nose. No, my butt then my nose. Oh, gross.
0: Ugh. Uh, do you want to do you want to talk about uh dis video games or do you want to talk about casino time? Uh, let's do casino time. All right, casino time. This also comes to us from John O'Brien, <laughs> who's sending us our trivia, our brand new spanking trivia. He's saying.
1: Uh, not Is sure. That if you trivia guys, be about spanking?
0: I yeah, I'm pretty sure it better be because okay. I don't know much about anything else. Uh, <laughs> uh, John O'Brien says, not sure you've touched on this, but favorite casino games or opinions on some popular ones. Fresh off a trip to Foxwoods here, and learned roulette and baccarat. So Jesse, you and I have we've been to the We went to the casino together on your 18th birthday. We sure did. And we went to Chips Casino, which was in a strip mall.
1: Yeah, not a strip club, strip mall. Strip
0: mall is right next to a. It was between a movie theater and a mountain shop.
1: <laughs> a mountain shop where you buy mountains.
0: Yep, and uh, and then we and then we trekked it out to the nice Clearwater Casino up by Bainbridge Island. Uh huh. Classed up the joint a bit. Um, but Jesse, have you
1: done much gambling since then? Oh, you know, not <laughs> not too much. I, I I peaked that night. Okay. My gambling career peaked on my 18th birthday, uh-huh. where I evened out.
0: <laughs> that's, that's great, dude. Quit while you're ahead.
1: Yeah. Quit while I, you're I, even. Well, I wasn't ahead ever.
0: Quit while you're even.
1: Uh huh. I went down 20, and then came back to 23, uh-huh. and then lost by, uh, two points. Seahawks game. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! So you,
0: you, all, you went in with 20 bucks, you left with 20 bucks? <laughs>
1: That's pretty um, legit, dude. Yeah. No, that, that's what happened on my birthday.
0: Well, uh, so I, I've been to Vegas a few times, and each time I kind of try something new. Um, now, you got your standard blackjack. Blackjack is kind of the everyman's game. But it's also got pretty bad odds. Um, and whenever I play blackjack, I get my ass kicked. So I kind of <laughs> stay away from the blackjack table. Um, two interesting things that John brought up uh, here on the Facebook. Uh, he said he, he learned roulette and baccarat. Baccarat is a very interesting game because I've actually never played it, but I know how to play it because uh, if you read the original Casino Royale written by Ian Fleming, which is the first book featuring James Bond, there's a chapter that all it does is explain to you how to play baccarat. Really? Yeah, because unlike the movie where he plays Texas Hold'em, and I understand why they did that, because people already know how to play Texas Hold'em, and they're already used to watching Texas Hold'em on screen, so I get that. But in the book, he plays Baccarat, and Ian Fleming was like, well, if you don't know how to play Baccarat, this is really going to take the drama out of this, so I better <laughs> spend a chapter explaining what Baccarat is. And it's basically like, uh, from what I understand, it's basically like blackjack, except you don't bust. You just... um. If you go over 10, then you just get. You're trying to get eight, I, I think. And if you go over 10, you see a 14, then you just have a four. Ah.
3: Oh.
0: But I think there's like a set number of cards you can draw as well. Hmm. Uh, but you're trying to get a natural eight that's basically like your blackjack. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I haven't ever played it in the casino, but I've I read about it. <laughs> Very adventurous, <laughs> I know. Roulette, on the other hand, I have played in the casino. And uh, I actually. Uh, very, very serendipitously, I play this at Casino Royale, which is on the Strip in Las Vegas, uh, and it's one of the only uh, casinos on the Strip that has five dollar minimums on the tables. Everywhere else has ten dollar minimums, so you could save some moolah if you go to Casino Royale. That's a pro tip. Um, it does smell like hell, and everything's sticky. <laughs> God, but I mean, you're gambling, so where? What? what better place to lose money? Um, but roulette, I do have a strategy. So roulette, you can bet. Uh, you can either bet bet the colors, so you can bet red or That's black. Racist. It is racist, but you can bet either bet red or black, and uh, or you can bet green if you want. But green, you know, green pays out better. Red or black, it just pays you even money. Or you can uh, bet on individual numbers on the board, which is uh, it's uh, fr- forgive the forgive the parlance of our times, but it's a crapshoot. Because uh, that's that that belongs to craps. But uh, you know, you put it, you bet on thirteen. You only get paid off if that's on thirteen. Or you can bet on thirds. So you can either bet on thirds vertically, so all the numbers are laid out on the table. So you can bet on the numbers vertically, or they chop them up in the thirds sideways. Well, you can bet them that way. Um, so what I do is I bet either I bet one color, and they have they have a nice little handy screen up there, so. You can see what, how many, what the last, you know, fifteen numbers were, and whether they were red or black. So you can Which bet. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. But you're like, oh, there's been five uh, reds in a row. I should bet black, and then it comes nope. up red again. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, but uh, but so I always bet one color, and then I bet two of the thirds. And I think if you win one of those, if you win. If you win one of the colors and one of the thirds, then you get a little more than what you put down back. And that's my strategy for roulette. Uh huh. Got it?
1: <clears throat> yeah.
0: All right. This moves me on to my favorite casino game, and that is Craps. Craps right. is the best casino game it's for a number of reasons. First of all, it's got the best odds of any casino game. Second of all, it's basically sellers of Catan. That's really – if you played Sellers of Catan, you know how to play craps because and, – and everybody gets to roll the dice, which is fun. But so basically, if
1: I go up to the table and go, I got mud. Who wants it?
0: Yeah. That's it. Um, the dealer will say, I will take your mud, and you won't get it back. Um, <laughs> but basically what happens is one person rolls a die. If they roll a seven, then everybody automatically gets all their money back that they put on the board.
1: Well, they rolled two
0: dice. They roll two dice. Uh, if they roll a 7, everybody gets their money back. If they roll a number that's not 7, then they keep rolling until they either roll that number again or they roll a 7 or 11 or a Snake Eyes. So uh, what you do is after they roll the number, then you can bet on all the other numbers. So it's just like Shadows of Catan. So 7 is the most common number. That's your robber. What's the next most common numbers?
1: eight or six Eric
0: eight or six so you just put your money on eight and six and then if you start winning some cash and the dices keep the dice keeps rolling then you'll bet what are the next what are the next most common numbers
1: that would be five and nine Eric
0: five and nine there you go or you can also bet they know that there are numbers like two three eleven and twelve that are very low have a very low um, chance of getting rolled so you can bet those all at once so you can bet for a one two an eleven or twelve all at once. Or you can bet on specific roll combinations, so like a three and a four, or a four and a four, or whatever. You can bet on these. Wait, mid-
1: you can bet on a three or a four, three and four.
0: Well, no. So you can bet, and a three and a four doesn't work because it's a seven. But like, right. you can roll. You can bet on like a natural eight, which is two fours. Uh
1: huh. Or you can All bet eight. on a
0: five and a three. You know, so you can bet on number combinations, and each of those has its own payout as well. So it's a pretty easy game, and then once somebody rolls 7-Eleven or Snake Eyes, they wipe the board, and then they start over again. So it's pretty cut and dry. Everybody gets to roll. You do start getting mad at people if they're rolling badly.
1: See, Eric, that's the thing. Yeah. I played craps once. Okay. Because my parents like to go to the casino. Mm -hmm. And one time I was over at my parents' house, and they're like, let's go to the casino. I'm like, okay. Normally I like to play the, appropriately, Alien versus Predator uh, slot machine right but i was getting burned out on that because i'm the least lucky person in the world yeah, when i slot, play slot machines slot it's machines like just, are the
0: worst dude i i don't know how you get joy out of that it's basically playing like it's basically if i was playing halo but i didn't have a gun
1: okay so my grandma and my mom her daughter my grandma's daughter are freaking awesome at slot machines
0: yeah my mom's good at them too she always wins
1: yeah, they walk away with money every time. One time I was in Australia. They call them pokies down there playing the pokies <laughs> with my grandma. And she had a bunch of like one dollar coins because she would just save up her like one and two dollar coins and then take it down to the club and play the pokies. Uh huh. And like she gave me some money to play with. I was like, I, I don't know. And then, um, I, she gave me like 10 bucks or whatever. I like lost it in like a minute. Yeah. And it's like I this this is no good, but she she like always leaves with money, and so yeah. does my
0: mom. It's crazy. Well, the trick to the and you gotta you gotta put plenty of money in those things because like people are like, oh, you got to do the penny slots. Well, the penny slots
1: you'll the still run out of money. Get better the more lines. You right,
0: buy. the more lines you play, so you got to play max lines every time. So I if do that, a,
1: and then I run out of money. Exactly, faster. you run out of it super fast.
0: I did win a pretty good jackpot. I won like a seventy-five dollar jackpot playing, uh, playing. Penny slots at an Indian casino in Arizona.
1: Nice. Yeah, not but. me. Uh, but anyway, so one time I was doing that, I got tired of it. I was like, Aaron's always talking about the craps table. And uh, the craps table was just getting fired up. So I went over there and yep. started playing craps. I was learning how. Yeah. And um, I was losing money, just right. hemorrhaging money. Right. Right. And it got to the point where I was rolling the dice, right? They gave it to me. Uh huh. And then I crapped out like three times in a row. Yep. Lost everyone all their money. Great. And then the guy next to me liked me. He gave me like $10 to play with. Right. Like that doesn't happen. A stranger just gives you money to play with. It doesn't happen in Vegas, but it happens in <laughs> other places. Yeah, Washington State. Yeah. And then I was like, thanks, buddy. And then uh I burned through that super fast and yeah. had to leave.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing is that I learned in my trips to Vegas is if you don't have 100 times the low, uh, the, the the minimum bet at the table.
1: Uh-huh. So, like,
0: if the minimum bet is $1, I don't know where it is $1, probably at Chip's Casino and the strip mall. There's probably $1 yeah. minimum bets. Most places, it's $5 or $10. Right. So if you're going to a $5 table, you need to bring at least $500 to gamble with. If you're going to a $10 table, you need to bring at least $1,000 to gamble with. Mm-hmm. In order to have enough time to make back any money you lose, because the craps table is that way. If you just chill there with a thousand bucks, you're probably going to walk away with a thousand bucks. But you have to right. chill there for like a while and get the ups and downs going. Right? I don't have that kind of money, <laughs> and I would not feel comfortable dropping that kind of money on a table. So in the end, unless it
1: was like a nice oak table that yeah, if
0: it was a super nice oak table, maybe that mahogany. came
1: home with you to your dining room, right? Then maybe. Then
0: maybe. Um, But, you know, I don't have that kind of money to gamble with. And so that's why I don't think I'll ever be a great gambler. But craps is fun. I've I've won some. I've lost some on craps. And when you're winning, it's great because the entire table wins together and it's a very fun atmosphere. But when you're losing, everybody's really depressed.
1: Yeah. I listened to an interview. It was on a podcast called um, Too Beautiful to Live. Yep. With Ross Burbank, which is out of Seattle here. And, uh, he interviewed these professional blackjack players. They were part of this blackjack ring, uh, but, like, the the quirk was they were all Christians. Yeah, there's actually a documentary.
0: There's a documentary about them. It's on Netflix. You can watch it instantly. It's called Holy Rollers.
1: Yeah, Holy Rollers. That's right. But what's crazy about that is, like, they would go to a blackjack table and they would do, like, $2 bets. Until the odds were slightly in their favor and then start betting like $10,000 right on each hand. And the craziest part about it was they were paid hourly.
0: Right. And they all pooled their money and then um, – Right.
1: And they were like investors. Like there were people who put in money to this group and right. then the people who were actually playing blackjack were hourly employees.
0: Right, right. Yeah, there's, it's, there's a pretty interesting documentary on that and they kind of go through the dynamics because they start letting people in the group that aren't Christian – and then right. it gets all crazy because people think people are stealing money and all this stuff. Right. But, but it shows – them get, they, like, get kicked out of every casino they go into.
1: Yeah, this guy, like, he can't go into casinos now. Everyone right. knows who he is, and he walks into a casino that he's never been to, and they know his name. They come up and say, I'm sorry, but your style of play is not welcome here.
0: Right. Which crazy. I think is bunk, but I, 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 whatever.
1: You have the right to refuse anyone.
0: You do have the right to refuse anyone. But they, they don't have, you don't have the right to break their kneecaps.
1: I don't think he ever got his kneecaps broken.
0: Well, that's because he's gambling in Washington. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so that's, that's my casino spiel. I like craps. Um, I, there's also Texas Hold'em. It's fun to play. But if you're used to playing it online or maybe on Xbox, if you go to a casino, those people are there every day, and it goes super-duper fast. And, yeah, that,
1: I would be so intimidated.
0: Yeah, the only thing, if you're going to do casino poker... I would do a tournament. They're usually daily tournaments. You can talk to the casino, the poker host, and they'll tell you when the tournaments are and what the buy-ins are. But if you go into a cash game, uh, it's pretty whirlwind, and mm. you will get eaten alive if you're not used to it.
1: What if you like? What happens if you're slow? It, it.
0: They're just they're they're professional poker players. They're there every single day. They're, they're not like the guys on TV. Like these are guys scrapping a living together.
1: Right, and so do they yell at you?
0: Well, everybody knows the odds, and yeah, they'll just be dicks to you because like this is their table. Like it's kind of like if you're surfing and you're like the out of towner and you're coming in, and then you're like uh, going in on people's waves and stuff. It's like you either got to go with the flow or get money the hell out. off of you. That's true.
1: It's like if it's the local beach, but at the end of the day, you get to walk away with that guy's surfboard. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe you don't scare him off.
0: Yeah, that's true, but it's just like it's a, it's an intimidating place.
1: Yeah, uh, I would it, be i w I'm intimidated by blackjack tables. I'm like yeah. I get like math dyslexia. Yeah. All of a sudden I'm like five and a seven, what does that up to? Uh <laughs> uh uh I think it's I think it's eleven uh, hit me. Oh <laughs> damn it.
0: Yeah, I uh yeah, and and that goes super fast too because the dealer like flips over the cards it's like boom, 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 boom. Oh, I have twenty one. Uh <laughs> yeah. and you're like, What wait, Sorry, wait? did
1: you have insurance? No.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's actually, uh, last time I went to Vegas, I posted that I was going there, and friend of the show, Nod Hero, sent me a message that said put 20 bucks on red, and I did, and I won it. So nice. I doubled my that money.
1: That means it's his.
0: No. <laughs> that went straight to the Casino Royale roulette table. Bum, bum. Uh, all right, well, that's my Casino spiel. Um, we're going to get to some uh, recommendations call it a cast, but before we do, I uh, want to let you know one more time how you can get in touch with us. You can write us an email, personalarrogance at gmail You can follow us on Twitter at personal podcast. You can find us on Facebook. And every week we're posting um, the nights that we're recording. And if you have any topics that you want us to gather about, you can write it in that thread. I want to thank uh, James F. Cubby. Uh, he he wanted to talk about Sanderson's Mem- Memory of Light. I haven't read that series, but uh, but thanks for the input. We have Roger Dotsey on there. We got John O'Brien. We got Tony Blaise Serrano, and uh, we got Caleb Bestvater. Best water. Um and he said we should talk about gun control and the NRA's comments about the president's children. Uh, stay, don't talk about people's kids. Are you okay what? with that? Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, and then uh, I also uh, want to shout out to Nod Hero, um, and and to uh, our good good buddy. Uh Mr Uh I'm sorry, I'm I'm getting all mixed up here. Mr. Mark Griffin who uh, oh, sent us right. how he is keeping his uh New Year's resolution. Uh, Mark Griffin's a guy who wrote our who wrote our arrangement for our theme song that you hear at the beginning of every show. He said, This is how I'm going my New Year's Eve. Uh, I've already bound a book from scratch and tonight I'm crafting my first gluten-free beer, uh, and he's got this website called because I said I com, and it basically is a resolution every week, uh, a new thing to do. So that's pretty cool, man. Um, yeah, that's pretty
1: cool. Are you going to uh strange brew? Eric? I'm
0: not, I'm not going to be there. Yeah, but I'll be up there next weekend. So maybe we can hang out then. Yeah, Maybe.
1: All right. (laughs) I'm actually thinking about going to Seattle for strange brew Saturday. Is that in Seattle? No, it's in Port Townsend, but I kind of want to go to the kangaroo and kiwi for Australia day. All right. Well, let's make our plans off the air. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but we want to thank everybody who liked our Facebook page this week. Of course we have our own Facebook page, personal arrogance podcast. And we have, we're all, we're always on the bald move Facebook page. Um, but this week, big shout outs to John Dominic, Alex Cannell, Jacob Jones Martinez, Eduardo Salasmada, and my cousin Emily McCullough. Also, uh, also liked us on Facebook this week. Um, also, uh, Jason Cornelius, Chris Rogers, we love you. Uh, Jason Cornelius has an awesome Facebook picture. It's of stormtroopers holding blasters to his head. It's pretty cool. Um, and always, we want to point you over to the Bald Move Network. We are a part of the Bald Move Network. We couldn't be happier to be a part of the Bald Move Network. And you can come and meet not only me, not only Jesse, not only people we gab about all the time like Jordy and Levi, but you can meet Aaron and Jim Jones, the two originators of the Bald Move Network. They will, we will all be together in one spot at the Avery Brewing Company in Boulder, Colorado. That will be February 1st at 8 o'clock p.m., Meet us there. Uh, we'll all be wearing matching t-shirts. It'll be very, very cute. Um, and, uh, and what's happening on the Bald New Network? Well, there's a brand new Bald Move TV podcast. This brand new podcast is bringing all of the love that you feel when you get that sound poured into your ears about Breaking Bad, about Game of Thrones, about uh, Watching Dead. But this is just talking about all of the shows that are on television. They're like, fuck it, we're just going to do every show now, people. Are you happy yet? So <laughs> listen to the Bald Move TV podcast. Uh, it's on iTunes. You can also find it by going to the Bald Move Facebook page. And there's the Because Show. We love the Because Show. We love the ladies on the Because Show. It's like us, only much more refined and beautiful. So, uh, and they have great stories. So I'm going to play a story from the Because Show. Uh, that made me laugh, and you can get a little bit of a hint of the magic that is the Because Show. Here's the clip.
4: Gather around the fire, youngins. <laughs> okay, so I was in 10th grade, so I was, mm-hmm. how old was I, like 15, sit, 15, 15 or, 16, or 16, something yeah. like that? And um, in history class, there was this group of cool kids, like all the cool kids, and then me, I was like a medium kid, I could like go between groups. And then, you know, the losers... Um, so I mean, you're a part loser. Yes, part loser, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> part cool kid. I was—I had a foot in each world. Okay. Um, so up in up in Washington State, you know, it gets pretty snowy. Uh I'm I'm from Northwest Washington. This was Nooksack Valley High School, um, in Everson, Washington. Um, yeah. So it was snowy. It was cold. They had these registers along all the all the windows you know, the old-fashioned metal ones that hot water flows through, and they get really hot, nice and toasty. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see where this is going? Not yet. Okay. So um, in the mornings, like, everyone would, right before class started, you'd get to class, like, one or two minutes early, and everyone would line up and kind of, like, put their butts against the uh, the, the radiators. You'd kind of sit there. Like, until you kind of couldn't stand it anymore because it was so warm and toasty on your butt that you had to, like, move away from it. So all the cool kids, being cool, got to hog all the registers. So um every once in a while, I would sit on the registers, too. Am I saying it right? Registers? Radiators? Yeah, They're works. called either, right? Okay. Um, so I would get a spot if I got there early enough. But if I didn't get there early enough, all the other, you know, all the cool kids got up there. Okay. So anyway. This morning it was very special because um I had my period. <laughs> it wasn't that special, but it was different. It was a very special episode. It was different in the household. than the other days that I had gone and warmed my buns and gotten a space there, okay? So <laughs> So, you know, <laughs> I go up and I I'm like, "All right, there's a spot open." So I go up Get my butt on the oh no. on the radiator, <laughs> and then and then like after like I don't know thirty seconds or something, like the other kids were like, Does "That smell," <laughs> and I'm like looking around like I don't know what is that smell. Oh my god, it smells like something's burning. What is that? No, it doesn't smell like burning. It's like a weird. I don't even know what that smell. I don't know. It was just like this whole conversation. Like, oh my god. Oh, what is this? Everyone was talking about it in the entire classroom, <laughs> and then I like suddenly stopped talking. You know how you just like you just feel like you get kicked in the gut yeah. with this realization that it's your <laughs> that it's your pad. It's your pad <laughs> overheating, <laughs> and it's the smell of like cottony, plasticky blood burning. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> oh, that's embarrassing. Yeah, and my my pad was hot. That's funny, and I couldn't feel it. Like most of the other kids had moved away from the radiators because they could feel. Because your pad's stink. No, because oh. you, it would get. Oh, hot you couldn't feel and it because you you're aware it, it like a diaper. It, oh yes. my god, that's so funny. So it was stinky. I couldn't feel it. Oh no, at it. Least it didn't oh, like god. spontaneously ignite. Oh my god, that would be terrible. <laughs> that would be Oh my horrible. god, that'd be and the most awesome I, story. I, I don't think anyone ever like put two and two together and figured out it was me. Thank I god. was not the root of the smell.
0: Uh, so that was Susan from the Because Show. And Susan, I, th- I think they knew.
1: Yeah. Maybe. Danny, regardless, go Pioneers. Go Pioneers. And it's a good thing she didn't burn her nook sack. <laughs>
0: Oh, God. Uh, so that's the Because Show. Like I said, much more refined than what we're doing here. Um, Is it? But... Uh, <laughs> But the Gerald and Susan, you heard Susan telling her story, Amy's on there as well. We love the Because show and uh and you should listen to them. Um and of course Aaron and Jim Jones are doing their thing, Mad Brew's doing his thing. We're a, we're the Move family.
1: And yeah, uh and, it's a family. And it's a family.
0: So welcome, uh, why should you,
1: you listen? I'm working on their new uh motto. Why should you listen, Eric? Why? Just because oh show. <laughs> Maybe lose the show at the end. <laughs> <.com>. <laughs> uh
0: all right. Uh so uh so we told you how to get in get in touch with us. I think we got all our eyes crossed and our T's dotted, so uh Jesse, why don't you give me your first recommendation?
1: Oh right. Um recommendations. Oh yeah, it's a new podcast I've been listening to. Uh-huh. A new one from the Adam Corolla's podcast network. It's right. the Doctor Drew podcast, and it's Oh it's pretty good. They were doing one that's, like, Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew, but it just kind of turned into Dr. Drew being nostalgic and Adam Carolla complaining about stuff that happened in the 90s. Right. It's basically- this one's much better because there's no Adam Carolla. So, like, in the first episode, which is out now, mm-hmm. uh, he, he has, like, a uh, psychiatrist uh, call in, like, a doctor, another doctor call in for, like, a phone kind of interview, and they take calls and stuff. But uh, he, he's discussing the differences between psychiatry and psychology, and it's pretty good.
0: Well, that sounds good. Yeah, th- basically he was just retconning Loveline, so they gave him his own show.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, <laughs> yes. I um, have grown to accept
0: that. Yes. Uh, well, my first recommendation this week is also going to be a podcast. It's the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Just see if you heard good this? Good I love it. I, uh, riding the bus, I've been able to explore, I've been able to expand my podcast horizons. So right. I started on Mabimbam, Bam and then I went to Jordan, Jesse go.
1: I've, I've never actually listened to that one.
0: It's good. Cause it's got, uh, it's got Jesse from, uh, John Hodgman, the guy who plays the, the bailiff. Right. It, that's his show. And it's, he's from Los Angeles. They're very LA mm. and he's got a silky smooth voice. So listen to that if you like it. Uh, but Judge John Hodgman, great show. Each week they have two, uh, a plaintiff and a defendant, uh, Skype in, and then they work out their problem. And sometimes it's very heartfelt. I'm going to um, take
1: you on this about Seahawks. Let's do it. About sports. <laughs> All right. Jesse, what's your second meditation? Uh, well, you're running out of time for this recommendation, so you better yeah. get on it within the next couple weeks, and that's drinking Rainier beer while watching NFL.
0: Well, there you go. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done.
1: No, the championship games are the best games yeah. of the year.
0: We're missing the Super Bowl. Are we going to yep.
1: actually miss it?
0: We're on a plane, buddy.
1: I didn't know if we are going to be able to watch it or not.
0: Yeah, we might be able to watch like the first 15 minutes, but that's just the national anthem.
1: <laughs> so, well, whatever. The Super Bowl is stupid, but the the championship games are good. Yeah,
0: I hate every team that's in the na- that's in the championship game.
1: Bird Bowl, baby. Just
0: root for a Bird Bowl. I'm rooting for the only team that I have a semblance of like for, and I know everybody's going to hate me about this, but it's the Patriots. The Pats. Eric, the Bird Alliance is strong. Like. Dude, I'm not going to root for the freaking e- for the Falcons after they
1: beat us like that. I would love for them to beat 49ers. Yeah, that's true.
0: I, I uh, the 49ers. Love, I just hate them all. I hate them all so much. I hate
1: Colin Kaepernick's stupid face. <laughs> oh my face god, I've
0: always hated Colin Kaepernick. With his weird Dude.
1: nose and his tattoos and that are like fond
0: and he's just as he's just as whiny as Harbaugh. And this is the thing about Colin Kaepernick, cuz you know I'm a Boise State fan. Colin Kaepernick was a quarterback for Nevada that beat Boise State, prevented them from going to the Fiesta Bowl. Oh.
1: I hate Colin Kaepernick. I hate him so much. Yeah. So Ugh. you can root for the Falcons. Although, it, how funny would it be, though, if it was a bobble? A bobble? Yeah, a bauble. <laughs> if if the Ravens and the 49ers go.
0: Why, why is it a bobble?
1: Because is Harbaugh's.
0: Oh, no, oh, I would hate that. I hate both of them so much. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I thought you were. I thought you were saying because Baltimore starts with "ba." Oh no! Because of the "ba."
1: Yeah. What I G-A-U-G-A. hate. Yeah, UGA.
0: I hate them both. And the the idea of one of them inevitably winning the Super Bowl would just drive me insane.
1: Uh, whatever. Anyway. I I'm rooting for a bird bowl, and, and you'll 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 be watching football on Sunday.
0: Yeah. I might be buying a mattress. I don't know. I might have more important things to do. Uh, wow. So, uh, John O'Brien, uh, this is my segmentation. He also posted on our Facebook page, said, "Or oh, no, this wasn't John O'Brien. This was Roger Dotzi. bringing it back." Says uh, <laughs> best spring seasonals. I've never had an exciting one. Roger, my favorite spring seasonal is the Northwest Red Chair Pale. Th- oh, sorry, Red Chair Northwest Pale Ale from Deschutes Brewing Company.
1: It is the best. It is delicious. That is. It's one of my favorite beers of the year. Period. Um, I mean, Mudslinger is good too. Yeah, you're gonna get a lot of brown ales. Yeah, Uh, I like brown ales. I like not brown ales. I like the Irish style stuff that comes out. So I don't know, but definitely Red Chair. Yeah, Red Share is the best. All right, Jesse, we're running long in the tooth, but uh, you have anything else you want to say? Uh, go Hawks 2013-14 season Super Bowl champs calling it now
0: Alright Uh, so before we go Christopher Hannigan sent us a message He said the old theme song For the show is awesome I annoy the hell out of my coworkers trying to mimic it Is there any way you could bring it back from time to time And Christopher this one's for you We'd like to remind you that wherever you go
1: And whatever you do Please stay, stay Arrogant, stay arrogant. <laughs>